Welcome to Miami Creators. I am your host, Corrado, and I am a photographer here in beautiful Miami, Florida. And each week, I bring you the inspiring stories behind Miami's most influential businesses, individuals, entrepreneurs, and more. Today, we talk with Jenny Lee Molina, the force behind JLPR, 305 Cafecito, 305 Day, Leah Arts District, and much more. On today's episode, you'll hear Jenny talk about how 305 Cafecito and 305 Day came to be, how her mom helped her develop her go-getter attitude at an early age, and of course, the challenges and opportunities she sees for our community in a post-COVID world. Jenny's impact in our community is undeniable, but it is her ability to execute and develop ideas that bring positive impact for our city what makes her a true force to be reckoned with. So please, sit back, relax, grab a cafecito, and enjoy this fun and truly inspiring conversation with Jenny Lee Jenny, welcome to the show. Hi, good morning. You had your cafecito yet? I did, I did. So as we are recording this, we are still in lockdown. Um, but how are you doing? How's everything? I, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I've been listening to your stories and I love everything you're doing, the people that you're highlighting. So thank you so much. I'm, I'm happy to finally make it on. So for the listeners who may not know who you are and all of the amazing things that you do for the community, maybe spend a little bit of time introducing yourself and a little bit of what you do. Well, thank you so much again. My name is Jenny Lee Molina. For those of you who don't know me, born and raised in the city of Hialeah by way of Cuban parents. And, you know, both of my parents really instilled this sense of pride in what it is to be, you know, the daughter of an immigrant. But my mom was in the hospitality industry and my dad was a musician. And so they had this like very like worldview look um, and very community based look. And that was their perspective on the world. And I remember when the art center was opening, my mom would drive us by and she's like, they're going to build a performing arts center here. And we haven't have a stone there. So, you know, I have to start with telling you about my parents because they're very much the reason why I am the way I am. And I love my community. I love culture. And I feel like, you know, they made such a sacrifice. My grandparents made such a sacrifice to come here that I feel like I owe it to them. So a lot of what I do is rooted in, in that and giving back and, and my sense of pride for where I come from. And, you know, that's that's kind of where everything co comes from, right? 305 Cafecito and the Leo Arts District. And I'm sure we'll get into more of that. And of course, I have a marketing and PR agency, um, JLPR. Um, in 2016, Miami New Times voted me best of Miami, which was amazing. Happened to also be my birthday the day that issue came out. So it was awesome. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was the best birthday present. And yeah, that's basically my <laughs> my story. I love it. And so you have JLPR, which I want to go into a little bit more to find out some of those projects that you typically work on. And we'll touch on later on 305 Cafecito and 305 Day and Leah Arts, because I know that's very close to your heart. Yeah, that's um, that's really where my heart's at. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love, you know, working on the PR side and that's really my, my foundation, but I'm so ready to do a lot bigger and uh, more interesting, more impactful things, more purpose-driven things. So it's a good what kind of projects um, do you typically work with? Um, is it only things that are here in the community, clients that are here local in Miami, or is it, do you expand out? Well, um, about 10 years ago, I worked at Burson Marsteller. You know, they, they have a lot of different clients in different sectors, but I focus in the public affairs practice. Um, and a lot of the work that we did was very corporate. 
Um, during that time, I started to really look into the possibility of writing press releases for events and doing things on, on the side that were more freelance, that were more towards what I love doing on the weekends, right? Not necessarily like working with banks and like corporate clients. And really a lot of the events that I've done over time have been things that I just would want to go to and I would become involved with them one way or another, either writing their copy or I'm um, dating myself, running their MySpace page and posting <laughs> bulletins. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I really started kind of in the freelance PR world, working with events and supporting events and in some cases doing that for free while I was working at this agency. And about 10 years ago, when my son was born, I decided to quit the job and just kind of focus full time on making this freelance a thing. And my first client was an artist in, in Wynwood in the arts district, Eliasar Delgado. And he basically told me, and I'm so blessed to this day, he's, he's one of the reasons why I was able to take the leap. He said, how much would it take for you to work with, with me and not have to go back to work? And we made it happen. I worked with him for several years. Um, he got some amazing coverage and a lot of things changed in Wynwood. But, you know, I, I always had such a love for the arts and that's really what has been what has enabled me to do and, and find inspiration in doing, you know, the Leo Arts District as being the co-founder for that. Um, I worked with Heineken on the mural project in both Miami, uh, D.C. and Atlanta on the PR side and helping them coordinate that initiative. So I, I had these uh, professional experiences that really have laid the groundwork for the things that I'm doing on the uh, labor of love side, which I'm excited to, to say has been very fruitful. In the Leo Arts District now, we have um, an area that's been zoned for artists to live and work. Uh, we have a brewery that is 30,000 square feet. It's the biggest um, brewery in Dade County. And that building sat vacant for seven years. And the fact that now it's there and serving as a meeting spot for people in Hialeah, when you have you know, the second largest city in Dade County and you really don't have much places to go to. You have to go to Wynwood. You have to go to the Grove. But what right. about all the young people there? So it's nice to see that. Um, and yeah, we've been doing a lot of events in the, in, in the Leo Arts District to bring culture and programming to a side of town that didn't necessarily have it. And that was inspired in part by Eliasar Delgado, who uh, was basically um, after spending so much money and investing into his space, um, his lease was bought out because the building was sold and, you know, he, he lost his space in Wynwood. And so that inspired, well, how can we have a place that's for locals and by locals and off the beaten path? And at the same time, there was a councilman who was looking into the same question. And I was introduced by a friend who was a conduit, Estrellita. And, um, you know, the rest is history. We met for 22 Thursdays back to back, trying to figure out how can we really make this, you know, how can we use our powers and our resources for good and, and to bring people back into the city of Hialeah in a way that was fun and was bringing families together and art and culture. And, and again, that was because of, you know, Ariasar Delgado and because of the Heineken Mural Project, which also inspired the thought, well, why can't we have murals in Hialeah? Like I'm here coordinating and working with artists in other cities. And, and why can't we have this, the very same in a, in a side of town that's very blighted? And people are always like, oh, you're trying to create the new Wynwood. And I'm like, no, this is rooted in wanting to be the opposite. And don't get me wrong, Wynwood is beautiful and amazing and a fun place to hang out. But I really wanted to be a catalyst for a place that was for locals and by locals where artists could both live and work. And, and, and the fact that Councilman Paul Hernandez um, made that ordinance happen. And now it's, it's a reality in Hialeah. So we'll see what the future holds for that. I know that wherever I travel, 
I'm always, even as a tourist, as a visitor, I'm always trying to find out where the locals are. So if you succeed at creating the the, the local space, uh, isn't it going to be the what attracts the the tourists? Well, there's a difference between tourists and travelers. Okay. <laughs> In your case, you're a traveler. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people always want to go to the place that's for locals and by locals as a, as a tourist. But you know, and, and that's not to say that they're not welcome in Hialeah. Please, by all means, come spend money in Hialeah. <laughs> but I, I really think that La Cocina being Hialeah's first cocktail bar, now in Hialeah by Kush Hospitality Group. Um, Matthew Kusher is uh, also a client. He's I worked with Kush uh, since he opened Kush Winwood, And um, then after Spillover, which is awesome. And, and uh, of course, Vicky's house. Um, but then he opened again, um, Stephen's Deli, which had been closed. And, you know, he saved it in a lot of ways because who wanted to have a Jewish deli in Hialeah? And it was open there since 1954. And that space itself is such a Hialeah pride space that you can't help but be a place that's for locals and by locals. And so the fact that they're there now is great. Um, You know, Unbranded being a local brewery, I think it's going to be a place that's going to help just anchor this area as a place that's for locals and by locals. And at the end of the day, Hylia is an industrial place. It's off the beaten path. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very hopeful that it's going to continue to be a place where a lot of the um, young families in Hylia can hang out and have a good time. We've been doing some really fun pop-up events. And most recently we had 305 Day. Um, which I think was like the last time a lot of us were in a big, big crowd because it was on March 7th. So. That's what I was going to say because it was right at that threshold of when things were starting to close down or anything. Maybe maybe before yeah. we get into that, maybe go into a little bit of the story of how 305 Cafecito and 305 Day eventually came out to be and what the inspiration was behind that for anyone that may not be aware. <laughs> you know, um, 305 is our common denominator, right? And we are a community that comes from so many different backgrounds. I feel in many ways, Puerto Rican by association and Chilean by association and Venezuelan by association, right? Because I have all these friends who I've adopted um, and appreciated, you know, some of their cultural things, right? Like I love arepas, you know, and really what unites us all under one flag is this 305 pride. And I really saw that come to life as the 305 Cafecito idea evolved. I happened to be at a Ventanita on April 3rd, I want to say 2013, 14. And yeah, I think it was 13. And I'm with Amin de Jesus, who is the MC for Suenalo. He's the lead singer for Suenalo. And he also does some creative work. And we were meeting and we were at the Ventanita, happened to be 305. And I asked him, hey, what time is it? He's like, 3.05. And I'm like, hey, you know what? That's the perfect time for cafecito time. And I tweeted out and my friends started tweeting it out too. And more people started doing it at 3.05. It was like a thing, you know? And I thought at first it was just a thing among my friends. And, you know, I proceeded to open a Facebook page. Um, A little later, I opened an Instagram page and it just started to become a thing. And so for one, I love that 3.05 cafecito is accidentally in Spanglish. Because that really is such a testament of like who we are. It's it's a great story, and I always say, you know, I I didn't I didn't ha- reverse engineer this this whole success. I wish I had the hindsight and the strategy to say, well, we're going to do this amazing campaign, and it's going to be on the cover of Miami Herald, and you're going to get all this press about it. it. It was, you know, I I'm a publicist, and I never pitched 305 Cafecito, and it's the thing I've gotten the most press on. So to me, that's like the litmus test, right? Like when you just get pressed organically and you don't even have to tell the pitch the story. Right. Um, 
but yeah, 305 Cafecito really took off after we were on a, a national story on NPR and it became a thing. And from there, a year later, we were like, well, March 5th, 305 day. And uh, again, I was sitting at my dining room table. It was like February 27th. I look at the calendar and I kid you not, I look over at my friend Mabel, who was working with me at the time. And I saw her, you know what next Wednesday is? It's, it's March 5th. And we were like, oh my God, we need to do something. So 305 day that year, we had a meetup at Versailles, appropriately. Of course. And I thought it's a Wednesday at 305. No one's going to show up. It's going to be like Diegato, you know, my friends, media showed up. People were there for free cafecito and free pastelitos. And we're like, oh my God, this is a thing. And, and it was just so exciting to see how everyone embraced it. So um, as much as I love to take the credit for 305 Day and 305 Cafecito, I've only been facilitating what everybody has embraced. And and the next year after that, after Versailles, we, we started doing it at Ball and Chain. We did there a few years until eventually it became a block party. And now we are an awesome block party that we celebrate every year. We've been doing it in the Leo Arts District the past couple of years. So it's fun. It's fun to see how it's evolved. I love how you've been able to take all of these passions of yours, right? From the Leah Arts District to the Cafecito to like your PR and all of these things and just kind of put them all in a pot and make this beautiful stew that just everything works together in a, in a beautiful it's serendipitous, way. really. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's been serendipitous and um, I, I just feel very blessed and very lucky. I've met some amazing people along the way that see the vision and get it and the artists that have all been paid for um their work you know we have some amazing murals in, in the Leo arts district that was something that was very important to me to have these private sponsors and donors you know when we're working with different private donors who have helped us with beautifying the area and it's all been because of their shared pride and love for Hialeah in a lot of ways uh, Jameson sponsored some murals and the brand manager is from Hialeah. So he, he believed in what we were doing and same for Sprint. So you have like these corporate partners that are helping us make this happen. But at the end of the day, we're working with a person, right? Like we're emailing with a person. It's um, and, and this person also sees the vision and, and gets what we're trying to do. And so it, it's just amazing. Um, it's, it's working out. I'm really, I'm really um, excited for the future. We have some amazing things coming up next year. So this year we had our first 305 day volunteer pledge drive. Okay. which was awesome. Um, I would love to touch on that because we partner with United Way and, you know, philanthropy, you know, it's, it's often regarded as something that people do when they have oodles of money. And it's important to let people know and how I feel personally. I, I used to volunteer when I was in high school because my mom couldn't afford babysitting. So she volunteered me to volunteer at places. <laughs> I swear. She's like, you're going to volunteer for the summer here. And so, and you're going to volunteer. And that's what she would do. She wouldn't put me in summer camp, like all of high school. I was always volunteering different places. Um, so, you know, that kind of helped me and shaped me in seeing that you can give your talent and give your time, which is your ultimate resource and give back in a way that feels good and productive. And like, you're, you're really helping out and making a difference. And, you know, it's funny, but it really probably wouldn't have happened or I wouldn't have had this perspective if I didn't have that experience. And so for 305 Day this year, we decided that we're going to create a volunteer pledge drive on 305. It's going to be similar and inspired by Give Miami Day, which the Miami Foundation does amazingly. And you should definitely give cash if you have cash to give. 
But, you know, some of us, it's not that accessible. And some of us have time and talents. And some of us can help create a podcast for a, a nonprofit. And some of us can help do some design work for a nonprofit that has an amazing cause, but horrible branding. And so how can we donate our time? And so 305 Day annually is now also a volunteer pledge drive day where you can sign up for 24 hours for different projects with different nonprofits on a portal. And you don't have to commit those hours on that day. That That's the day that you make the promise for the next year. This is what I'm going to commit to and how I'm going to give back. And so um, for me, a, a lot of what I do is, is about bringing people together and having fun and who doesn't love a good party. I'm from Miami after all, highly to be exact, but let's give back also. And, let me tell you, I had a lot of fun volunteering. You know, you don't have to just party to have fun. You can also like give back and you'd be surprised how much fun you can have and, and how many amazing connections you can make. And United Way does a great job. Um, and now more than ever, we all have to be kind of, you know, now that we're reframing our lifestyle, figuring out how can we help and, and give back even if it's virtually. So right. I hope uh, 305 Day can keep being a, a conduit for that. Love it. So you know, you kind of touched a little bit on this briefly, but some of those key moments in the evolution of everything that you've been doing, you know, people may see today and they may see the fruits of your labor and they may see an amazing event and all of these things. But as it is expected in the process of growing anything that is successful, there is always going to be good moments and bad moments that in, in the evolution of that project or business can you share what some of those may have been for you in the process? Um, you know, I'm a highly functional, anxious person. I am by nature. I've always been an anxious child. I've always, you know, I've always had to work at that and, and depression too, you know, and I think that that's something that people don't talk about often. So I've had some low points, right. And I've had some points where I felt like I can't really make this happen. I can't get this off the ground. You know, just before 305 day, I had a debilitating panic attack where I really, I had to go to an interview, a video interview, and I, I ended up going, I had to, I had to do it, but I remember not wanting to even go because I had just gotten some news that the police invoice was going to be three times what it was the year before. And I was like, how am I going to make this happen? The events next week, I just got this invoice. Why are they making me get three times? I wasn't expecting that was a complete curveball. And when, when I realized is that you're on this roller coaster and it's like, keep your hands inside because it's going to go up and down and you're in, you're locked in, you can't get off. So the best thing you can do is just enjoy the ride. And that was a, yeah, that wasn't a fun part of the roller coaster. <laughs> And it doesn't happen often. I, you know, I don't get panic attacks often anymore. I've been able to really uh, address that with exercise, with diet, with cannabis. I really feel that I'm a big voice for that now more than ever because I'm owning my truth in a way that I'm no longer ashamed to express. But yeah, it's, it's not easy, you know, and you see a lot of these overachievers and a lot of these overachievers, esa misma locura to be inspired and do amazing things is the same one that's like keeping you up at night because you have all these ideas and you can't make them come true. And yeah, it's sometimes a little overwhelming, you know, and it's, it's not easy, but I've been so lucky to have an amazing support system. And, you know, if you have someone on your side, that's like telling you, keep doing it, you can do it, keep listening to them and, and don't listen to that voice inside your head. That's going to, you know, try to convince you otherwise, because we all go through it. We all have that imposter syndrome. God knows how many times I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, is it even worth it? You know, I'll, I'll hear one negative comment and I'll remember that comment for weeks, but I won't remember the 50 people that were like, right on. That's amazing. You know? Yeah. So yeah. it's crazy how we do that, right? That. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so something that's helped me a lot is 
to remind myself to talk to myself the way I would a friend because I tend to be a lot nicer to other people than to myself. And for a long time I was doing that. So I'm like, when I, when I hear that self-deprecating self-talk, I'm like, shut up. You wouldn't talk like that to a friend. You know, it's crazy. I talk to myself, but Hey, you know, (laughs) it's an interesting conversation. I promise. That's like, uh, I'll never forget um, that quote by Zig Ziglar. He was like, Hey, look, it's okay to talk to yourself. It's even okay to answer to yourself. But the problem is when you catch yourself going, huh <laughs> that's what you know yeah yeah <laughs> hasn't happened yet <laughs> yeah. um so maybe you can go into what are some of the things that you're seeing in our community some of the challenges and opportunities that you see you know in the near future related to this to this virus but also looking past that into the three to five years you know i'm so proud of so many small businesses who've just been making the pivot and getting creative and doing things virtually. And it's just amazing to see and inspiring, you know, to see the the adaptability of so many businesses, um, support local with, um, with the prism girls did a virtual market, which was awesome just to see that come together. Um, Yelp Miami has been putting together some awesome guides. So you have a lot of these people who are also facilitating, you know, businesses getting the word out, which is great. Um, And a lot of the people that I work with are in the food space. So seeing how they've adapted, you know, Sergio's restaurant is now selling food by the pound, including their plant-based patties, which I was proud to work with them on. Bunny Cakes is doing DIY kits for people to, uh, you know, paint at home with their kids and decorate cupcakes. And so it's so nice to see how they're just getting creative and, you know, customers are supporting, you know, people want to support. And it's really nice to see that. Feeding South Florida has been doing an amazing, amazing, incredible job. And, um, you know, I think for a lot of people right now, it still hasn't hit us, you know, as we're two months in almost, right? If not, yeah, uh, just about. I think it's, uh, it's going to be uh, something we're going to have to see and just kind of wait out and take day by day. You know, right now, a lot of people are still working right now. Um, there's still restaurants who are still open. Uh, I'm, I really, really hope that we are able to get through this in a, in the best way possible. I try to stay positive always. It's kind of like my mantra. Uh, but again, I'm also like, I love science and it's, it's survival of the fittest, right? It's adaptability. And that's the, that's, that's what it is. Right. So who, who, who adapts best is going to survive, um, in the financial and the business sense. And so really making that pivot, um, getting creative, going online, um, finding other ways where you can solve people's problems that are rooted in what you do. You've seen some of these um, restaurants turn into markets, into like little local markets. And I think that's amazing. Ariette is one, uh, Locale is one. And it's just, I think it's all about finding inspiration in that and seeing, okay, how am I going to pivot? It's going to be fine. It's always going to be fine, right? Every time we worry about something in the end, it's always fine. We figure it out. We have an amazing uh, ability to do that. What we also have an amazing about ability to do is worry. And so I think, I think it's really important that we kind of embrace the pivot, embrace the opportunity to be home. If you have the luxury to be home with your family. You mentioned briefly, um, the story of how your mom used to volunteer you to volunteer uh, at different places (laughs) and how, how you actually realized that some of that is what shaped what you're doing today and influenced you. Any other experiences that come to mind that have have most shaped who you are today? You know, um, I think having a son, being a mother, um, is probably what has influenced me most as an adult. He's turning 10 this month. I'm not going to cry. 
But having a child and being responsible for a human life makes you really want to be, at least in my case, the best you can possibly be. He definitely inspires me to to be greater and to give more. And I know that I don't always do um, give 100% of myself to being a mom because I am busy with work oftentimes. So again, I have a great support system and my husband's an amazing father and we have a beautiful family dynamic. But being a mother has really shaped me and made me want more and made me want to leave a legacy and made me want to be a better example for him. It's not easy, right? Being a mother is not easy. Being a parent is not easy. When people talk about, oh, you know, um, they don't want kids. I'm like, great, don't have kids. They're not easy. The grass is green on both sides. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. The grass is green is where it's watered. So I don't want to like say this. And for someone who's like listening to this, who doesn't have kids, like, Oh wow, I have to have a kid. Cause look how I made. Yeah. It's been amazing for me. It's really made me uh, a better person, but you could do that without having a kid to uh, yeah. single people out there. <laughs> what's what's um, one way, what's one thing or one way that you felt like an actual tangible shift in who you were? Like what's, what's one, what's a clear example of something that changed in you? You know, about two years ago, I had a friend who committed suicide. Sorry, I got there. <laughs> it's a little dark. Um, but there was a tangible shift from that day forward that I wasn't going to put people off anymore who were important, to not miss people's calls. I didn't need this epidemic to happen to, to start feeling that. I, I started feeling that two years ago. And I think a lot of people now at home are realizing, hey, what really matters is the people at home, the people who are close to you, the people that you care about. Right. Um, everything else is extra, right? Everything else is icing on the cake. Not to say that the people you have professional relationships aren't important, but at the end of the day, your core nucleus, the people that are closest to you, it's so easy to get busy and to forget those people that are pushing you along. And having that happen to me, yes, it was sad and it's still something I will always have to you know, wrestle with, but it's important to be close to the people that you love and it's important to call them and it's important to be there. And it's also important to get help when you need help. And some people sometimes feel like they're a burden on someone because they're so busy, which is probably why my friend wouldn't reach out to me more and reached out to me seven days before. And, and I didn't pick up the call, you know, yeah. but check on your friends, check on your friends who, you know, have, um, are dealing with depression. And, you know, sometimes we have it right in front of us and we don't see it. And, uh, that, you know, was probably for me a huge, huge shift in the way I see the world and the way that I treat the people in my life. I am a lot more, intentional a lot more intentional and you know we get older we get wiser we, we we go through experiences that shape us and it's about turning the those bad experiences into a learning lesson right yeah 100 as cliche as that sounds no 100 percent. i agree with you that it took something like this you know for you it was a little bit earlier but for a lot of people this this situation that we're going through is what's kind of forcing them to realize you know, when shit hits the fan, man, like who are the people that, that are there with you, that are there for you, that are calling you and making sure that you're okay and all of that. And, you know, it, it's it, all it takes is a text or, you know, uh, just just check in, just check in and, and yeah. don't forget the people that, that are there for you, you know. Any influential people in your life that have shaped who you have become? I have to say that my mom, and I, I know this is a common answer, but my mom is just a remarkable woman. And I feel that in a lot of ways, I kind of carry that torch 
of being the family matriarch, you know, she was a sales and marketing executive in the hospitality industry, um, would travel all over the world for her job. And a lot of times she would take me on trips. She would get special permission from teachers for me to be out from school for weeks at a time just to travel. And and I would have all of this homework that I would have to do on the side. But, you know, my mom really gave me a, a perspective of giving back because in those travels, my mom would always make sure that if there was someone asking for money on the side of the road that we that we help them um, a lot of times we would go and we would buy clothes for children that we would see outside of the mall and, and give it to them um, we did that in Guatemala my mom in Dominican Republic um, had even adopted a boy from afar and would send him stuff once after they came back from a trip and so I mean having such a beautiful human as an example is is really amazing so she's she's definitely and she's such a strong woman um, she always tells me like to choose happiness, right? The, that you have to choose to be happy. And I know that uh, sounds easier said than done, but it's a, it's an important perspective, right? To, to really um, make a concerted effort. It sounds like she was very intentional in putting you in situations that kind of maybe put you outside of your bubble and expanded your, your worldview. You know, I never looked at it that way. And yes, that's exactly what she would do. I remember when uh, we would have to call to find out if a restaurant was open or if or what time a movie was. She would always put me on the phone. I was like six, seven. But she's like, no, tiene que desarrollarte, habla, you know, like, and, and I didn't realize. But yeah, that's exactly what she would do. She would just push me. That's and, awesome. you know, in life, it's like that, right? It's like sink or swim. So you better, you better have a good, uh, a good a stroke there. <laughs> well, and the beautiful thing about it is, is that if you, if you look at it, she was pushing you along, but she was right there. Right. So it was like, yeah. you were, if you failed, you were failing relatively safe environment. Right. Because yeah. it's like, but it develops that muscle to go out and do shit on your own. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh great. Awesome. Now when it's, when the, when the stakes are higher and it's, you know, it's like a rear or it's a, it's a business. Then all of a sudden you've, you have that muscle built in. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If you could go back 10 years ago and today, Jenny from today is going back to 10 years ago. What piece of advice do you think you most needed to hear back then? You know, probably would have told myself to enjoy life a little bit more and to not work as hard because I, I did get sick. I, I really wasn't taking care of myself. I was suffering with prediabetes and sleep apnea and um, I had high cholesterol, high triglycerides. And all of these are lifestyle diseases, um, which we know, it's, you know, science, right? right? Like This is not, yeah, it could be genetic, but it's also maybe because you're eating the same things that your family was eating, right? Right. Exactly. And so... I, I really was in a bad place. I wasn't taking care of myself and I could have avoided all of that. And uh, I think I would be, would have being healthier in the long run sustains you more and you can do more. Whereas at the time I was not making any time for health. I was working so hard that I, I, I burnt, I felt burnt out for a long time. Wasn't giving my best work. So I, I would say to take a little bit more time for for personal wellness. There, there's always enough. To, now, now I've incorporated into my lifestyle and, and there really is always time for having a decent breakfast. I mean, I was eating anyways. I just wasn't eating the right things. Right. right. Um, and, and, and I was just really um, like hurting myself uh, physically and mentally. So I, I would say work less and, and probably, you know, make yourself a priority. Flip side of that question is if Jenny from 10 years from now is coming back to today, 
what is the piece of advice that you think you most need to hear today? This is a lesson that I'm currently learning. And it's that my worth is not measured by my productivity. That who I am in the world is not what I create or what I do or what I make happen. That it's not all about just making shit happen. That sometimes just being is enough. It's this place where we all, a lot of us have the luxury of being right now because we're in quarantine and we're kind of forced to be home. And, but yeah, I think it's important and it's a lesson I'm learning right now is that, and I'm going to continue to learn, right? Because I, I'm, I still want to create, I still want to do, I have all of these ideas I want to make happen, but I have to remind myself that my worth is not measured by my productivity. And, and that's something I'm, I'm learning. Love it. I love it. Any quotes or anything that you think of often or that you try to live by when, when you're hitting those moments that of doubt or something like that, is there anything that you're constantly reminding yourself about any particular quotes that come to mind? Anything? You know, um, when we first started to really brand JLPR, we had these stickers that said, uh, stay positive. And the PR and JLPR was a play on the word public relations. It actually stands for positive results because at the time we were doing PR and social media and it was very results driven. And so it was like a play and never really stuck around as positive results. People just assumed it was PR for public relations, but the sticker said, stay positive. And, you know, there is a place where there is now toxic positivity, right? Like it's not all like, you know, rainbows, but I think it's important in the right context to, try to see the silver lining, to stay positive, to find the beauty in, 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 in the turmoil. And, um, you know, having a, an optimistic attitude, I think is, is important. So miss 305. Now we're going to switch into the Miami rapid fire segment. Just going to throw out a couple of quick questions. You got to give me short answers. The first thing that comes to mind. Um, you're coming in with a lot of street cred here, so I, I am expecting really good answers from you. Um, oh, the pressure is on. <laughs> the pressure is on. <laughs> Favorite food spot and dish? Wow. And I have to give you a rapid answer to that. Do you yeah. understand how much I love food? I have so many. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll give, you, I'll give you two to three, not just one. I'll give you two to three that you can shout out. You know, I love... So I've been vegan now for almost three years. Um, I still have my Cuban card because I eat arroz con frijoles and yuca and moro and all of that good stuff. I walk out there all day. But I have to say that I absolutely love, love uh, Vegan Aroma. They have the most amazing pasta and pizza. And it's just amazing. The guy is, is amazing. I love plant. Um, they have these mushroom croquetas that are to die for. It's like a smoked mushroom croqueta. And I, of course, and I have to say my mom's rice and beans, my mom's lentils. If not, she, she'll hear this and get mad. So <laughs> gotta say mama's cooking somewhere in there. <laughs> um, where, where are those places? So Planta is in uh, South Beach and uh, it's uh, one of the uh, good hospitality restaurants from Dave Grutman. Uh, they really mastered the smoked, um, it's like a smoked mushroom croquette. That's amazing. And um, Vegan Aroma is on 37th and 8th Street. It's a family owned and it's a, an Italian inspired plant-based restaurant, but it's super small, hole in the wall. It smells delicious the minute you walk in and, uh, and they're doing delivery and takeout. So I'm all about supporting them too. Love it. Perfect <laughs> way to spend a Miami weekend. I love the Everglades and I love um, going down to Homestead too. So that's a toss up. I mean, the beach, it's like, I've been there, done that, you know? I love the beach, don't get me wrong. I love going to the beach. I love going out on the water, but 
sometimes it's a little bit too congested and, and uh, on a weekend, I sometimes I just want to get away from noise. So I like going where it's quiet. I love Homestead and, and, and driving down there, going to the, the, some of the farms. And, and of course, uh, the Everglades is always so beautiful. Love it. And good weather. If you're stuck in Miami traffic, what are you listening to? My girl, Lucy Lopez on Par 96, of course, if it's in the morning. Uh, you know, I tend to listen to podcasts a lot, and uh, it's the only time sometimes I can listen to audiobooks, so I do that a lot. I know that's that's very nerdy of me. Um, <laughs> what are some audiobooks that you've been listening to lately that you liked or, or just all I've been listening favorite? to Sapiens. Sapiens is great. Um, just been listening to that one a lot. Uh, and I listen to a lot of stand-up comedy. Joe Rogan's one of them. George Carlin, rest in peace, is also hilarious. Been listening to him since I was in high school and I love him. Never gets old. So I like to listen to a lot of comedy, podcasts, audiobooks. I, like uh, I started embracing more listening to comedy when I was pregnant with my son because uh, they said that laughing was good for the pregnancy. And I was like, oh, I'll listen to comedy. And it just became a thing. So I love listening to stand-up. Nice. Any other Miami businesses, individuals, entrepreneurs, organizations that you want to mention and highlight for doing amazing things? Wow, there's so many, right? I love um, Martha Miami. I think she's doing amazing things. She's also very much like me, all about the roots. You know, shout out to her. She's been doing the mask now for the quarantine. Um, the girls over at Prism Creative who are all about it. They do a great job. Uh, Yelp Miami, who I mentioned earlier, has been doing a great job. There's so, there's so many. Uh, Bunny Cakes, who is a, a vegan bakery, and I've been working with her forever. Man, there's so many. Miami Foundation is also a big one, United Way. And I know I touched on these because I love them. But wow, you just put me in a hard spot because there's so many people I can go on and on and say. I don't want to offend anyone by not mentioning them. But um, on Instagram, if I shouted them out, please follow them on JLPR. Generally is me. I've been posting a lot on, on my stories about people who are doing amazing things too. Uh, Andres Acion has been doing amazing things, giving people free food um, in collaboration with Presidente Supermarket every Saturday. Uh, so many awesome people. We, we really, you know, a lot of people talk about Miami and they're like, oh, it's uh, a sunny place for shady people. And I'm like, man, you know, that's everywhere. I hate when people say that. Uh, you know, there's so many people who are, who are just really making Miami proud and trying to make this city a better place and this community a better place. Yeah. I, I could not agree more. That's shout out to Pitbull, right? Like Pitbull, let's, let's give him a shout out. He's been doing a lot of big things. A lot of people who um, are celebrities are, are really stepping up and giving back during this time, which is really cool to see too. Yeah. Any parting thoughts, words of wisdom, anything that you wish we would have touched on anything? You know, I'll probably think of this five minutes after and hang up. <laughs> and I'm like, I should have said this. You know, I, I think uh, it's a beautiful thing to be able to connect with other people. It's what fuels us. It's what gives us inspiration. And if you haven't connected with someone that you care about in a long time, do. And don't be afraid to make new friends and to reach out to people on the interwebs. You know, everyone says it goes down in the DM and with a sexual innuendo uh, <laughs> tied behind it. But really, if um, you see someone that inspires you and is doing amazing things, DM them and create those relationships and, you know, create the people that are your tribe intentionally and, and put people around you that inspire you. And, and I think that's so important. And I know a lot of people are either lonely at home now or with their family. But yeah, connect to someone you haven't connected to in a long time. 
I, I know I touched on that a little bit earlier, but uh, it's super important now more than ever. Love it. Love it. Could not agree more. So what's the best place for listeners to connect with you, your company, all the things that you that you have going on? So Instagram, Jenny Lee is me. Um, you can uh, definitely reach me by email and anything I can do uh, to be of service, to help if you have a great idea or, or maybe not even a great idea. Maybe it's a kind of sucky idea, but I can help make it better or we can brainstorm about it. Uh, definitely reach out to me. I love to work with small brands who are looking for PR and marketing campaigns who are trying to get their story out. And, uh, and that's what I'm all about. So I'm here. I'm definitely um, open to having conversations with people all day like you. So thanks again for inviting me. Awesome. Jenny, thank you so much for being on the show, for being awesome and for doing all of the crazy good things that you're doing for the community. Hey guys, this is Corrado again. Two quick things before you take off. One, remember that you can find detailed show notes for every single episode at miamicreators.com. And two, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share this with someone you think would find it interesting. That's it. Until next time, thank you for listening.